The Reds pitching situation has reached a critical point. We'll fill you in on the latest developments and tell you what we think the Reds should do about it on today's Locked on Reds. Let's go. You are Locked on Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds with myself, Jeff Carr, and my co-host, Stephen Offenbaker. We are lifelong Cincinnati Reds fans that have turned an addiction to this team and information for you. And after a day like yesterday, boy, oh boy, it better be an addiction. Uh, we want to thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to us talk some Reds with you. Uh, we encourage you, if this is your first time, make sure that you hit us up on Twitter if you're listening or if you jump in the comment section here on YouTube and drop a thought with us because talking Reds is what we do and we want to talk Reds with you. Lockdown Reds is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. We are your team every day. And if you listen every day, thank you so much for doing so. Let us know that you're an everydayer down in the comments section. Shout out to a bunch of different folks that have just been jumping in the comment section, talking about how long they've been listening, how long they've been Reds fans. It's been great to see all that stuff because uh, you're suffering along with us because, oh my goodness, yesterday was bad. And I think it's pretty clear as to what was so bad. And it was the pitching. The Reds have a pitching problem. It's time to call it what it is. We're going to we're going to look into just how deep this pitching problem goes. Going to break down Graham Ashcraft's most recent start. And something that David Bell said that has me a bit concerned. We're also going to look at some thoughts on the three-catcher uh, plan. And some positives on the hitting side. But Steve... Unfortunately, as much as we can't wait to be positive about something, we got to start off with the negative because the pitching is just, oh my gosh, it was bad. It, it was very, very bad. And you know, it comes from uh, the guy that we've really been counting on all year to be our 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 studying guy, the guy that kind of gets everything on track and has set the tone in Graham Ashcraft. And it was not pretty, Jeff. One and two-thirds innings pitched. He allowed eight earned runs on six hits. He struck out three, walked two, and gave up a big home run that he's going to talk about here in a minute. And there's no other way to describe this start, Jeff. It was just downright ugly. Yeah, and thankfully, there it felt like they're right at the end that we could be adding injury to insult to this, but he did clarify after the game that he's fine. He got a bruise from that comeback liner on his leg, but he's he's fine. Doesn't expect to miss any time. But I do appreciate what he had to say about where the wheels kind of fell off. It was just after the two-run homer. just frustrated me because it was a 96-mile-an-hour jam time run, and just pissed me off but I mean that's not an excuse that's where you got to get into the mental side of the game and not let the let the mental side take over you have to be able to get out get through it and but I just it was just one of those games it just didn't go my way and that, that part of the game happened what's that Steve 90% of the game is half mental 
Oh, here we go with this again. Listen, I, I'm encouraged by what you said. Um, you know, we both scoured everything that we could find to, to see if he was truly injured or not. Uh, for those of you that missed it or didn't happen to be able to watch this game on the broadcast, that final at bat that he pitched, uh, he took one off of his shin. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the in Immediately when it happened, uh, Ashcraft kind of started waving at the dugout and not – the kind of wave like don't come out here. It looked to me like more of a come get me kind of wave. Uh, the Reds trainer started to exit the dugout, but David Bell waved him back, pushed him back into the dugout and immediately just went out and made a pitching change. So I had a little bit of concern. I know you had a little bit of concern, but everything that I've seen says uh, that they're not treating this at all like an injury removal from the game. No. And that's good. I mean, the, the, performance was horrible obviously and he he alluded to that and i appreciate him coming out and saying like yeah i I got frustrated because how many times do we see guys get frustrated and then try to gloss over it matt latos uh whenever he has a bad start uh that that's not what graham ashcraft did graham ashcraft is a smart pitcher i'm not worried about him moving forward i will say though there is one thing there's one worry with Graham Ashcraft's overall game, and it really hurt him today. Graham Ashcraft tends to walk people, and I'm not saying that the walks will haunt. It's the fact that he is so good at limiting the damage from the walks in his good games. When guys are hitting him, then you add in the fact that he's also walking people on top of the getting hit part, and that's when and, and, and that's why you saw such a huge explosion of offense from the White Sox in that second inning. That's why he went from zero to 100 so fast is that you already have base runners there, and then all of a sudden guys are hitting them out of the ballpark. And there's nothing you could do about it at that point. It just kind of felt like one of those games you chalk up to, oh my gosh, here we go again. But I will, I will begrudge anyone that's saying, Jeff, it feels like we're saying that a lot here recently, and we're still only barely into the month of May. I'm with you. The Reds got to stop that kind of a bleeding real fast because they're giving up a lot of runs in a lot of these games. Yeah, your point is is spot on in that it takes a one-run solo home run mistake and makes it a multi-run inning. And that's hard for the Reds to overcome. Uh, What it also does is it raises Graham Ashcraft's pitch count. When he's walking guys early in the game, uh, it just gives him a hard time getting through the sixth and seventh and in, in, into a seventh inning. Uh, we may not see him go to a seventh inning hardly at all this entire season because of things like that. He's using up a lot of pitches getting through that lineup the first two times. Uh, and, and it ultimately will limit the amount of innings he can throw and also increase the number of innings this bullpen has to throw, which we're going to get into in, in just a little bit. The, here's the thing with Graham Ashcraft. I think today was so disappointing for multiple reasons. One, the Chicago White Sox have been a train wreck. And this was really a series that we were looking at that was going to be a momentum builder, especially with the $450 million New York Mets coming to town. Uh, That's a problem. Uh, The other part of this was that it was Graham Ashcraft on the mound when the wheels truly came off. You know, as I said there at the beginning of this segment, he's the guy that we've been able to count on. He's the guy that's been able to study this rotation. No matter how bad the four and five spots have been in this rotation, no matter how many times they get beat like a drum, Graham Ashcraft was the studying guy. And and you made an interesting point off air, and I'll let you make it again, about the impacts of today's game on Graham Ashcraft's statistics and just showing how good he's been. 
Yeah, the one and two-thirds innings and giving up eight runs, you're like, boy, oh, boy, that sucks. His season ERA is still at 3.8. Like, that's just how good he's been coming into this game. And, you know, you made a point. You were talking about the pitch count raising and things like that. We've seen this with Nick Lodolo, where he has these pitch count innings that are in the 30s and getting close to 40 and stuff like that. And for once in his life, David Bell actually gave an insightful clip as to how he manages a ball. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what happened. I don't know what they put in his water bottle there after the end of the game. But this is what David Bell had to say about what he thinks about pitch counts. Yeah, it was just too many um, pitches, you know, there's kind of a maybe an unwritten limit of you know 35, 40 pitches. The pitcher gets up to that many pitches in one inning. You start thinking about um, it becoming too too much work in a short period of time. So he was coming out of that that, that on that pitch anyway. You know what they say about people who talk about unwritten stuff? That's written for them. It's just you know maybe not other people believe Let's- in it. Let's unpack that for a second. Have you ever heard that before? You know, I've never in, no. in the 45 years I've been watching baseball, I've never heard anyone talk about the unwritten pitch per inning limit. No. Have, is this is this something that David is just making up on the fly? What's what's the deal? I, I wonder this doesn't this doesn't have any sort of bearing on like analytics or anything like this i really think he looks at it and he says this is a number that if i see a pitcher getting toward it in my mind i don't think he's getting out of this inning and i don't think he's pitching well in the next inning so we're just yanking him right now that's why we've seen nicoladolo have such short starts this year that's why graham ashcraft wasn't allowed to get out of the second inning because there was some sort of philosophy here that they had to go to the bullpen and that's been happening too many times early on this season we've seen way too many games where the bullpen has to get six innings or seven innings or god forbid in this one more than seven innings worth of outs and it's taking its toll. I mean, Revar San Martin left this game with elbow pain, and we heard after the game from Sam LeCure, Sam LeCure that uh, he has actually been dealing with this for a few weeks. And yeah. if you believe that Revar San Martin is the only person that is going to be physically affected by this, I, I got some oceanfront property in Iowa to sell you. Yeah, this is this is a problem. Uh, what Reaver San Martin said is for at least two weeks now, he's been dealing with this elbow pain and he's been trying to pitch through it. And this today was the day that he could not pitch through it. So the Reds are going to have to make a move here. Reaver San Martin is going to have to go on the injured list. There's no way around it. Uh, given what he has now said publicly and has been disclosed by the media, there's absolutely no way he doesn't go on the injured list now. So that leaves us with the question is what will the Reds do? Uh, here's what I think should happen, Jeff. I think it's time to give Levi Stout another call, not for the bullpen, but for the rotation. And uh, there's a lot that goes along with that that we are going to unpack coming up in just a minute. But before we get to that, uh, I want to talk to you about one of the sponsors of today's podcast. Today's show is brought to you by eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. 
It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to the My Garage section and look for the green check to know that the part will fit or you're going to get your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The old red legs are off today, but you can catch every pitch of their next game. The hometown broadcast is available through Sirius XM on the SXM app. Just download the app and search the word reds for the broadcast. Thanks for always making Locked on Reds your first listen every day. Every day is coming up on tomorrow's show. We are going to talk about who we think is the next likely promotion as far as some position players goes coming up from AAA. And we're also going to talk about what in the world is going on with Nick Lodolo. Uh, we haven't spent a lot of time breaking down the problems he's had, uh, but it's probably time to be a little concerned. And we'll get into that on tomorrow's show. All right, Jeff, uh, there's some more pitching to unpack here. Right there at the end of the segment, I told you what I wanted to do, which is give Levi Stout another opportunity in the rotation. Mm -hmm. And I know you're like, well, it's not a starting pitcher that got hurt. You're right. It's not. Reaver San Martin, a left-handed pitcher out of the bullpen. He's going to go to the injured list. Uh, Luis Sessa pitched out of the bullpen last night. Uh, I think he needs to stay right there in the bullpen. The The starting rotation experiment needs to be over. You bring up Levi Stout. You let him start. Here's what I would really like to see happen. I would like to not only see them fix Luis Sessa's spot in the rotation by doing this, but let's fix Luke Weaver's spot in the rotation as well. I want to see Brandon Williamson and Levi Stout both with the Reds immediately. <laughs> I want to piggyback both of those guys with Weaver and Sessa. And you tell all four of them, we don't care about the results. We don't care what's going on in the game. We don't care how poorly or well you do. You are throwing 100 pitches on your day. And then you tell the other guy that's piggybacking with them, whether that's Sessa or Weaver, you are going to come into the game after these dudes and you're going to throw 100 pitches. We yeah. don't care what happens. And then it will protect this bullpen. The bullpen is going to break down, Jeff, and there is not enough arms in Louisville to cover multiple losses from this Reds bullpen. Action needs to be taken, and it needs to be taken now. No, we were looking at this, and, and I mean, Casey Legumina is already on the Major League roster, and so you look into Louisville, and the guys who are on the 40-man roster but in Louisville include Ricky Karcher, Joel Kunal, and Kevin Hergett. And there's other guys that are on the injured list and things like that. But outside of those three guys, the Reds would have to make a 40-man roster move to add anybody, Hunter Strickland, or, you know, somebody else. So when you talk about this plan, I think this is what the Reds should do. And, and the whole idea of don't care about the results seems to get some folks' antennas standing up. The point of this season is to figure out who's going to be here in the future. And the way that they can do that is throwing Williamson and Stout out there and saying, figure this out on a major league level. Because 
and I don't want to make excuses for anybody here, but I'm pretty sure Williamson and Stout keep going out on the AAA mound, and they're just like, at what point am I going to get to prove this on the level when actually when in, when someone's actually watching? Because how closely is anyone grading their stats at AAA? How closely are Nick Crawl and the scouting director like that, like Sean Pender and all those guys, how are they looking at this and saying, all right, well, they got to hit a certain number of strikeouts and have a certain percentage of walks before we can. I don't think that's happening. I think they have a plan for calling them up. So the best of both worlds where you also protect the bullpen that is beginning to fall apart. Revar San Martin is the first pebble to fall. We're going to hear about forearm tightness in some guys. We're going to hear about shoulder tenderness in some guys. And sure, can we stomach the loss of Revar San Martin? Sure. What happens when it's Lucas Sims? What happens when it's Ian Jabot? And God forbid, what happens if it's Alexis Diaz? This bullpen yeah. will crumble very quickly. So they have to do something and your plan that you just outlined is the best plan that I can think of outside of going and trading for two guys who can really throw a hundred pitches and do you some good. They're not going to do that though. No, they're not. And here's the other piece of it, Jeff. Uh, we talk about what Levi Stout and Brandon Williamson have done at triple a and, and listen, I have acknowledged they have not been great. Here's the reason why I want them up with the major league club. In between innings, they can go sit on the bench and talk to Derek Johnson. Derek Johnson was given a boatload of responsibility and uh, quite a lot of bit of money for a pitching coach, yeah. let's be honest, to be the guy in charge of the pitching philosophy from top to bottom in this organization. Let's get these two dudes up here. Let's let them work directly with Derek Johnson on a daily basis and see if he can get them right and see if he can help them realize their potential. Because we need to know before 2024, if these guys aren't it, we need to know. Right. And that's how we find it out. We get them up here, we get them working with Derek Johnson, and we get them facing major league hitters at this point. It's like whenever you were in class and you were the kid, because this was me, and, and you talked too much with your friends and stuff like that, then the teacher would move you closer to the front so that they can keep an eye on you. Just move these guys up to major leagues already. Like, who cares what they're doing in Louisville? We want to see them in the majors. We want to see them continue to grow. And make no mistake about it, this is the other part of the Graham Ashcraft thing that we didn't talk about. He's just a sophomore when it comes to his major league career. So there's going to be growing pains. There's growing pains with Nick Lodolo. There's growing pains with Hunter green. There's going to be growing pains with anybody that they call up. They're not calling up somebody like make no mistake about it. I love Brandon Williamson and I love Levi stout. I don't think either one of them are making cases for rookie of the year. Once they get called up, they're learning. It's about their careers. It's about the long run. This season is about next season which there's some folks that just can't wrap their minds around that, but that's what this is about. And the Reds understand that that's where some of these plans have come into place. And you know what? Shout out to David Bell. The one thing that he's done right with this bullpen so far this year, people can talk a lot about of the wrong things that he's done and how quick a hook he has and how many people that he's thrown out there for too many innings. He's protected Alexis Diaz. Alexis Diaz has the least amount of innings and the least amount of games appeared in for this bullpen so far this season, as long as that continues, as long as we're not seeing Alexis Diaz come into a game that the Reds are losing by two touchdowns, then I'm going to continue to be happy with at least that tiny little aspect of his bullpen management. 
And then, and on top of that, I feel like he's done a pretty good job of easing Lucas Sims back into the high leverage situations as well. There's not been overuse. I think it's been the just right amount of easing him back in. So you're absolutely right. You have to protect those two arms. Yeah. And and I think my plan is the way to do it, Jeff. I think if you can take the pressure two days a week off of this bullpen and, and let them know going into a game, you know, we're probably not going to have to pitch today. And yeah. if it is somebody pitching, it's that they've stumbled into a win situation and it'll be either Lucas Sims or Alexis Diaz versus all of the other guys that we've talked about you know, wrapping up a game. So I think that's, I think that's the best possible outcome in a terrible situation that the Reds, you know, they did create this situation for themselves. Yep. We knew this coming into the season. It's not a surprise, uh, but it's time to rectify this before the situation goes from bad to disastrous. Yeah. The, the whole idea of rolling into the year with Luke Weaver and Luis Sessa in the rotation, that's not a hindsight's 2020 that's regular site should have caught that being a problem. And they didn't, and now the chickens have come home to roost and all that other good stuff. So that's that's kind of the annoying thing. Now, there's another plan that they implemented at the beginning of the season that there's some folks are calling for the end of, including yourself. And in fact, there's a Twitter poll that you put out there that people seem to agree with you on. Yeah, you know, the wide, wide world of Twitter, it is it is a rarity where anybody agrees on anything, Jeff. But, you know, basically what I did is I put up a poll that said, should the Reds give up on the three-catcher plan? You know, with more than 200 votes on this poll, Jeffrey, 87% of the people that responded said yes it is time to do away with the three catcher plan. Now, when I posted this, this was right on the heels of an episode that you and I did where I said, based on Tyler Stevenson's performance, it might be time to go ahead and get rid of this plan. Now, I want to amend that a little bit and uh, get into it just a little bit more, uh, maybe coming up in the next segment. Yeah, because I got a couple thoughts on this. Now, I don't completely disagree with it, although I think there are some parameters that we need to set. And you know, while the pitching has been cause for concern, let's get positive here because the hitters continue to be fun to watch. And we'll talk about that coming up here in just a moment. Before we get to that, I want to let you know that you can follow us on Twitter. You can follow us at Jeff Carr with three F's. You can follow Steve at S Offenbaker with two F's and you can follow the show at locked on Reds. Also, while the Reds are off today, you can catch every pitch of the Reds hometown broadcast with Sirius XM. Just download the SXM app and search Reds. And uh, also uh, make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast here on YouTube. If you haven't already done so, follow us on your favorite podcasting app. And if you're subscribed on YouTube, there's a little bell that you need to click to get notified whenever we've got new content for you. Steve, um, talking about that poll, uh, 87% of people think it's time to abandon it. I've seen plenty of folks in the comment section. There were plenty of folks on the live show on Friday talking about it's time to abandon it. I think we need more time. I don't believe that we've seen the end of the performances for Tyler Stevenson. He's going to hit more home runs. I called that he was going to hit a home run this series. I also called that the Reds would win the series, but, you know, one out of two ain't bad. Um, but he did get a home run on Sunday. I think that the power stroke's coming. I think he's going to figure it out, and his value is going to creep back into that territory 
where we thought it would be, where we thought the the necessity of protecting him and making sure that he can play DH and he can play first base and things like that. Uh, I think that's going to start paying off here soon. And the other part of this is who are they calling up instead of one of these three catchers? Cause that's the other part of it. You can't just abandon this plan and call it Matt McClain because Matt McClain's playing every day. If he gets called up, CES is playing every day. If he gets called up, same for Ellie de la Cruz. So if you're telling me that you're going to get rid of a guy that's sitting on the bench for a guy that's going to play every day, all right, then who's not playing? Because there's some other guys that you need to talk. Sure, you could probably still keep Jose Barrero on the bench, but what's that do for him if he's playing on a bench here in Cincinnati and not getting reps in AAA? There's a lot of different things with this that I'm like, they still need a month for some other things to plan to play out. And I think we're going to talk more in depth as to Matt McClain or whoever gets called up here soon tomorrow and, and who gets sent down and all that good stuff. But when it comes to the three catcher plan, I think we need to wait at least until Memorial day to make a call on that. Well, a couple things happened in last night's game, Jeff, that, the, and, and that's the same point you made, uh, you know, you expanded upon it there, but that's the same point you made when we talked about this the other day that you thought, you know, you should give it another month. And two things happened in the game last night that really reinforced your point uh, and made you look like you were right for a rare instance. No, I'm kidding. You know, it, it backed you up. The first thing was, as you mentioned, Tyler Stevenson hit his first home run of the year. You know, it was an oppo taco to right field, uh, but it was nice to see the power. And, you know, it's now May at Great American Ballpark. The home runs are coming. And we saw it today. The ball is going to start carrying as the temperatures go up. You know, there was a good Midwestern thunder bumper that rolled through uh, before this game started. And we're going to start seeing that more and more. The other thing that happened in that game last night that that makes me say, yeah, you know, Jeff, maybe we should listen to you and wait another month. Uh, Tyler Stevenson took a foul ball to the huevos while he was catching in this game. And, uh, you know, that's not an easy hit to take, even when you're wearing all the protective gear. Um, it reminds us why they're doing this in the first place. It's to try and limit Tyler Stevens's exposure to injury. And that's just another example of what happens day after day after day when these guys are behind the plate. So seeing those two things happen, it made me think, okay, I'm willing to wait to the end of this month for the real Tyler Stevenson to please stand up. If he can continue to hit home runs, if he can continue to be a producer in this lineup, a number four hitter worthy of playing every day in the number four hole, then it's absolutely worth continuing the three catcher plan. Uh, you kind of hit the other piece of it. If the decision is made to abandon this plan, who comes up? It has to be one of those names you mentioned. It has to be CES. It has to be Matt McClain. It has to be Ellie De La Cruz, and they have to play every day. If that's not what you're going to do, then there's no point in moving away from the three-catcher plan. Right. Yeah, and that's the thing is that we, we talked about this at the beginning of the year for people that didn't even want to see this plan happen at all is that the question is of who is being blocked, and the only person that's being blocked is the person that can play every day. So unless the Reds are ready to admit, and, and we still have doubts, and we'll talk about why on tomorrow's uh, episode, because we have a poll on that too, we have doubts as to how committed to calling people up the Reds are. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's the one thing that I worry about is you can't just abandon the three catcher plan. You've got to have another plan in place. You can't go from one plan to no plan at all. That 
that's the, that's been the story of the Reds for the last 30 years. So I don't want to do that. So and it can't be, it can't be Jason Vossler is what we're saying. Right. It can't be the, a Jason Vossler that you pull up, but let's do this, Jeff, before we run out of time today, let's try and wrap this. What has been a pretty, let's get, a positive. Busy, <laughs> let's get positive because it's, this has been depressing, but let's talk about some things that are right in the world. And we're going to start right at the top of the lineup with Jonathan India. Yesterday, he was two for three again, and on the year now into May, he's hitting 306. He let off yesterday's game with a home run. Uh, the the rookie of the year, Jonathan India, is in full effect. Record tying home run, too. Tied Barry Larkin for the most leadoff homers in franchise history, I think. You know? Number three. He's tied number, number three. three on the list. There's two guys above him. The number one guy with leadoff home runs is Peter Edward Rose. With That's him. right. Yeah, I guess uh, India's got to play a few more years to catch up to that. But, no, that just another continuing – like, Jonathan India is, I mean, so back. We, we said it a long time ago, but he's so back. He's he's I think he's passed back to – now he's creating his own new – benchmark like i love what he's doing right now and what we continue to see from him is just all positive we talked about tyler stevenson hitting his first dong of the season absolute just absolute moonshot happy to see that for him and you can see like that was the kind of thing that i think is going to create more power for him moving forward he's he's got the stroke now think we're going to be good to see tyler stevenson get that slugging percentage back up where it should be well, that's what we call a drought breaker, right? It's yeah. uh, it's going to hopefully help him bust loose and do a lot of things. I'll tell you what else I was happy to see. I was happy to see Spencer Steer break loose just yes. a little bit. Uh, he was three for five with a home run last you night, mean. Jeff. And we've been concerned that his swing hasn't been quite right since the knee injury and you know it's it's possible and and we've seen this before from these players they're their own worst enemy sometimes where it's possible that spencer was like hey i'm good to go i feel nothing it's great they run him out there but he really still needed another week or so and was just trying to avoid the injured list uh his swing looked good to me yesterday and so hopefully he's another one that's coming around and is just fine yeah, and I, I really think that he's going to continue to show his value in the middle of the lineup. And, hey, Will Myers back from the injured list for this series. He hits a homer, and he saves a homer. Now, by saying that he saved the homer in the game on Sunday, that's like saying a drop in the ocean. But still, it was pretty cool to see. I mean, that was a great save. As they called him back in the day, that was a web gem, my friend. He yeah, went baby. into the first row and pulled one back. It, it was no doubter. It was gone. And he went up in the stands and got it. So I was definitely happy to see that. And where we're going to finish, Jeffrey, is with the resurgence of Nick Senzel. Say it with me, third baseman. That's where he yeah. needs to play. That's where he needs to be. That is his spot until someone can try and wrestle it away from him. Emergency outfielder, but my goodness, can he play third base? He defends that position so so well and i know he played there in college he was drafted as a third baseman he played the lower minors and before he really started getting going at second base and, and center field and all that stuff as he moved his way through the system he started at third base so this is where he feels the most comfortable and it's super obvious because the plays that he makes i i want to continue to see more from that because it's still far too early to be saying things like like i'm thinking but I'm starting to think he might maybe be sort of, kind of, a little bit figuring something out, maybe. I don't Listen, know. I'm not saying that, it yet, but, you know. 
Sadak talked about this on the broadcast last night. Larkin has been talking about it. We all see it when we're watching the eye test tells us he is the most comfortable he has ever been. And that's playing third base at the big league level right now. Yeah. Uh, for me, I mean, I mean it until somebody comes along that can play better defense and hit better than he's been hitting of late. Uh, that position should be his. And you're right. Emergency late inning substitution. You need to throw somebody in center. Fine. But starting the game, it should be Nixon Zell at third base. Yeah, no, I, I, I absolutely agree. And you know what, Steve? That's a great spot to end today's podcast. Thanks, everybody, for checking us out. Before we get out of here, don't forget that you can catch every pitch of the Reds' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Reds. And that's going to wrap us up. Uh, thanks for making us your first listen every day. Every day or tomorrow on the show, we will tell you who we think the next Red to get promoted from AAA on the position side of things uh, will be. And we're going to discuss the slide that Nick Lodolo has been on lately in uh, greater detail. Now, for your second listen, check out Locked On Fantasy Baseball. Win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft analysis around and those starts, sits, ads, drops, all that great stuff. You can find it on Lockdown Fantasy Baseball. It's just like Lockdown Reds. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Steve, it's been a struggle. And there's this other team that's coming into town that's way better than the White Sox. So, uh, what can people expect from you and me? Well, you and me are going to be locked in on the uh, transaction wires. Hopefully, Nick Crawl is listening. We're going to be listening for the rumors. We're going to be looking for some moves. Uh, we're going to bring all that information back right here to keep everyone locked on Reds every single day. We forgot to talk about relief pitcher extraordinaire Luke Maley. Save the game.